Angela Marshall struggled through a lavish but sorely lacking lifestyle as a former NFL wife. Her autobiography, Reality to Rags to Riches, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife. Angela has graced influential platforms across the globe, and she's also a featured author in the, I love this, Women Who Lead anthology that chronicles successful women across the globe. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss this interview. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Angela Marshall is a public speaker, a professional writer, columnist, best-selling author, creative consultant, ex-NFL wife, and business owner of, in other words, by Stone. Her topics of expertise include, but not limited to, one, converting the downs in life to wins, two, making positive plays every day, and three, the scores that do not count. Welcome, Angela. <laughs> wow. Uh, that sounds like I'm pretty important there. Yeah, I think so. So you're going to really enlighten us today, and we're looking forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on your platform, Never Give Up and Battered Hope. I have been one who has lost hope and found hope. So I am a very, very good uh person to have on the show to interact with your viewers and your listeners. Absolutely. First of all, give us some insight as to what your life was like in your previous life, your former life as a former NFL wife. You know, you're the first person who has put it like that. And it sounds kind of comical when you call it like in the previous, <laughs> like, like it, sounds, it sounds like a Joan of Arc type, like I'm coming back, I'm being resurrected from the dead. So thank you for that, because actually that's how it felt. Now, I do want to put out a disclaimer because I've had uh, several people to send you know messages or make comments saying that I was really belittling or demeaning the lifestyle of the NFL. I am not. That is not what my story is about. That is not what my truth is about. It's purely about me sharing the struggles and the growth that allowed me to become the person that I am today, Mm. even through that lifestyle. That lifestyle taught me uh, uh, quite a bit of lessons about myself. One, it taught me to value myself, not value the opinions of others. Mm. Because as we all know, in a lifestyle like that, um, when you're in a bubble, 
and people are constantly right. looking at you and they're always trying to assess what you wear, how you act, you know, how, what you drive, who you are. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, it's just like a, a, a conglomerate of things to really suppress you. If you're not strong enough mentally, you will allow societal pressures from that lifestyle to eat you up. So with that being said, all my story is about is helping other people understand why it's important to live vicariously through yourself. You know, we see these celebrities and people in positions of power and, and status, and we think to ourselves, oh, their lives are so much better than ours. And, and, you know, we just put all of these what ifs and these labels and this assessment for how we think that their life is, which it is very great in some regards, just like, you know, I'm sure there are, there are areas and there's aspects in our lives where we can look back and say, wow, this is really good. But then there's other areas that are problem children. You know, it's like it's right. not, not like one person's life is any better than the other or without some sort of, you know, some sort of ups and, and, and downs in life. So during that lifestyle, I just learned so much about myself. And the biggest thing I learned was just to love myself. I have a, a, a mentor group that I where I teach women about that word self. And it just means shine, evolve, love and fulfill. And all of those things are to be directed into your life, what you need to be doing for yourself. That sounds exactly what we need to hear. So just continue. Give us maybe a little example. Absolutely. Well, you know, as a uh, human being, I think we have a tendency to put so much and pour into others and we forget about ourselves. I remember once upon a time, I was one who again, love my children to life. And at the time, my my husband, uh, you know, other people pouring into them and, and their hopes and their dreams and their goals. But I forgot about me. So what oh. self does is it helps you to, you know, not be selfish and disregard other people, but it also helps you to do one of the most important things in that walk of life, which is to include yourself. Like it is a true statement when people say, you know, you have to learn how to love yourself first. You have to learn how to respect yourself, You have to learn how to admire yourself. You know, you got to learn how to uplift and encourage yourself before you can do it to others. And that is a road less traveled because we're always trying to be in service to others. And then we just kind of let our self-care, our self-awareness, everything about us, we just kind of let it. Oh, well, you know, I'll put me on the back burner. And that's just one of the things that we have to get so much better at. When you are in a point at a point in your life to where, you know, you really can define who you are as a person. It makes so much of a difference with how you operate in other people's lives. And I think from just, you know, from that standpoint, what the main thing to take away is to understand why we are to be in service to others and how we can turn that service around to ourselves. And that's one of the things that I had, you know, I just kind of forgot about, especially in that lifestyle at that particular time. It was just a whole lot of trying to people please and trying to, you know, allow society to tell me how to move, how to walk, how to talk, how to live, how to learn, how to love just different things that made me a miserable person, which is why I decided, you know, cause it's kind of like a spectator mindset. Cause you're on the sideline a mm -hmm. lot okay. watching, you're watching the game. So that's why I'm like, no, no, no. It's time for us to get off the bench, 
and get in our own game of life as opposed to being, you know, these little uh, spectators and, and watching other people live this amazing game of life because life is to be lived, is to be fulfilled, is to be, you know, for you to really learn from losses and learn from lessons and to just be free. Now, that doesn't mean go out there and break laws. I don't want people like, oh, you told me to be free. Because, <laughs> you know, that's that's the other side of the coin. But, you know, obviously within tact and within decorum. But it's just, you know, it's just about having a walk in life that you can be absolutely, um, you know, happy with and fulfilled and say, I did this. I did that. And I've lived, you know, a, a very, very uh, free and a very, very good life. I'm assuming that you had some low points that probably resulted in depression. Absolutely. And so how did you deal with that? And how long did it take you to overcome that and move forward? I think that the overcoming is never ending. Because I still, as a person, I have certain things within me and I can see it coming out in my behavior, in my interactions with others from time to time. Now I'm getting better at how I allow it to affect me and to affect the person, you know, that I'm interacting with or whatever I'm doing. But I think it's for me, Miss Carol, I think it's just like a never ending process because I'm always growing and I'm always trying to get better. The, one of the lowest points in my life that I can remember, and this is so crazy, it's going to sound very uh, like the irony of it. I, you know, was in that lifestyle. And so, of course, you know, you have different people doing different things for you, you know, whether it's cooking or cleaning or whatever, because you have the means to be able to, you know, in, employ other people to be, be able to do things for you. Well, in my mind, at some point along the way, I felt useless. I felt worthless. Oh, interesting. I felt worthless. I had at the time a two and a four year old, and then, you know, they were three and five and so on and so on because our son and daughter are two years apart. And I wasn't really doing a whole lot for them. Other people were doing things for them. Mm. So in my own brain, and again, like I said, this sounds really twisted. In my brain, I'm like, well, what are you here for, Angela? You know, first, I didn't know who I was, I didn't know why. You know what my purpose was in life. I, I just felt like, okay, I'm on this man who is a, a professional athlete, you know, National Football League, and I'm just, you know, kind of like a placeholder, just there to, you know, walk beside him and nod. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just felt like I did not matter. Like my life didn't matter. My light didn't matter. Um, my purpose here on, on life, you know, on life didn't in life didn't matter. And I contemplated suicide. The turning point was the day that uh, I, you know, I had I had a really, really bad headache because, again, I had been so I don't think I'd been out of bed in like maybe four or five days. Wow. And my was that daughter, depression was that depression that was yes. keeping you. OK, absolutely. Again, like I just I didn't feel like I had a reason to even function or breathe in life. I felt like if I were to, you know, take my life, nobody would even miss me at that point. Now, mind you, I have two wonderful children. And at the time, my ex-husband, even with our differences, now that I look back over th things, he was a, a, a phenomenal provider. He was a great man. But I just, because I had not placed or put any self-worth on me, in me, any value in me, I just didn't, I didn't see the point. 
And so I had a bottle, um, you know, because I used to get really, really bad migraines. And so I had a, a bottle of, of pills and I actually had picked up the, the bottle. And my daughter at that moment, I think she was like three, four, maybe four or five. She burst in the door. And we used to do this thing where she would say, mommy, 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 I love my mommy. And then I would say, Obby, 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 I love my Obby. So she burst in the door at that time and she was like, mommy, 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 I love my mommy. So I took the, the bottle, the prescription bottle, and I put it, hit it under my pillow and I hugged her. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth or whatever. And I was like, OK, well, give mommy a minute. I'm you know, going to get dressed and I'm going to, you know, come out and, and, and play with you or whatever. And it was at that moment Oh, now, wow. I've had other depressing episodes since then, but I've never been to the point to where I felt like my life didn't matter. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> Absolutely. She saved my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my four-year-old daughter saved my life because, I mean, I had no will. There was nothing left in me, again, that said, you matter until she came in at that point. And whatever it was within that hug and that embrace and hearing her voice and hearing, you know, the memory coming back from the, the us going back and forth with that little, you know, song that we would do from time to time. It just gave me life. You know, it kind of reinforced to me that uh -huh. no, those were lies that I was hearing and that I was telling myself mentally and emotionally that I didn't matter because there's one reason right there. Now, I knew there were reasons. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I for I just kept telling myself that I did not matter. It wasn't, you know, external. It was all actually internal. It was all mentally where I just kept telling myself these, you know, these stories that that, you know, that, that were lies. So along that same line, how did your lifestyle affect the kids and also after you were divorced? How did it affect them? Very, very good question there. <laughs> I would say that the children adjusted really well during that lifestyle because my ex-husband, and I'm just going to give a lot of credit to him, um, he was so confident and so set in who he was that a lot of his practices and a lot of, you know, different things uh, that he would do from time to time, they picked up on more of his, mm. uh, you know, gumption for life or his zeal for life than mine. <laughs> so that's the first part of it. The second part, unfortunately, after the divorce, because they were nine and 11. So you're talking about a mere you know, six years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, after the divorce, I think that the first couple of years was really rough because our divorce was not really pretty. So, of course, we spent way too much time bickering against each other, mm -hmm. and talking, you know, stuff that didn't really matter. And we kind of let them fall by the wayside, if you would. I mean, you know, they were still in school and we did extracurricular activities and whatnot, and they seemed to be okay. But now as adults, because they're 33 and 31 and we have different conversations uh, with them, we found out exactly how they felt, right? During during the all of the, you know, rigmarole and the chaos and all of the discord, we found out just how much of an impact and influence negative impact and influence 
our bickering and, you know, just craziness, immaturity, just how much it, it, it really impacted them. So going back, being able to apologize to the children and then looking forward now because like we have grandchildren. So, you know, we're just devoted. Uh, we're committed to doing better and, and, and being better. So now we're taking all of the lessons from that and we're trying to help them be better parents than what we were. You know, we're taking ownership of, of different things that that we just, you know, we didn't offer them at the time as, as their parents. And they are resilient and recognizing it no matter at what point in your life and apologizing and trying to, you know, reaffirm that love and that strength that they needed from you, I'm sure has made a huge impact on them. Absolutely. And I think, again, when you when you talk about like, even with the title of your show, never give up hope. I think a part of never giving up, never giving in and never giving out is owning, you know, you got to take responsibility and you have to take accountability for your life. That's for mistakes. That's for, you know, anything that has, has, uh, was once a stumbling block. And now it's a stepping stone for you being able to reach back and just like now, you know, what your show provides for other people, it, it, it provides testimonies and messages so that right. people know that what they're going through, you know, you can you can absolutely grow through it and you can overcome it. And they're you know? not alone. They're not alone. And that's the other thing with the whole celebrity lifestyle, because if I just had literally like a nickel for every time somebody has said to me, you know, oh, I wish I had your lifestyle. Oh, I bet that lifestyle was this or that or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, just because you see the glitz and the glam, it doesn't mean that there wasn't some dullness and some desperation and some, you know, disappointment. Everything is the same. The only thing at that particular time in my lifestyle that was not a problem was money. But everything else, hmm. you know, we had to uh, we had to face, we had to deal with. I mean, you know, we we're trying to raise children, and we were young ourselves. We were thrust into this lifestyle of, of um, you know, money. Neither mm-hmm. one of us mm-hmm. really, you know, had the tr- the tools and the tips to to successfully manage money and do what needed to be done. So I mean, it, it was a lot of uh, a, a lot of growing pains. I appreciate you sharing that because that. That can't be easy either. And I appreciate you taking the position of, I'm not perfect. For those that think that they're perfect, they're delusional. Exactly. <laughs> now, there are a few things that you said on your website that I'd like you to possibly expound on a little bit. And the first one is the scores that do not count. I think that that is something my audience would like to hear about from you. Absolutely. How I came up with the scores that do not count is that is more for the societal pressures that are put on us from day to day. So with people thinking that you're supposed to be a certain height and a certain weight and a, you're supposed to live here and you're supposed to, you know, drive this or, you know, the status, recognizing status and, and, and commas and zeros more so than the person themselves. That's how I came up with the scores that do not count because when you place value on things as opposed to a person, it is a huge disservice. And to me, that is a score that does not count. <laughs> so that's where that particular uh, that particular saying came from, because I've just been in situations far too many times where people, you know, they think that 
having uh, letters behind your name or having, and again, I, let me disclaim, uh, put out a disclaimer. I'm not downing. I'm not, you know, trying to be of negative course, because course. I think accomplishments are great. I think goals and, you know, aspirations are phenomenal. But when you put them above someone else or, or over a life, that therein lies the problem for me. So, you know, I've just had so many people that have viewed my, um, you know, my life, my lifestyle, different things that I've been afforded the opportunity to, uh, you know, to experience. And they think that they've elevated me. They've elevated that situation or they've elevated that experience. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's just it's an experience. I'm thankful for it, but it doesn't make me any better than you. I mean, if it did, my marriage would still be together, but obviously I'm divorced. So that was a super fail, you know, on my part. No amount of money could have kept us together. So if it was all about money or all, if it was all about things or, or status or something like that, we'd still be together, you know? I think you outlined that very well because society at large is guilty of that. And you made it very clear and I think that we've come to a place, especially in recent years, where we don't possibly put them on pedestals like we used to. You know, we're seeing them more as people. They are people first. I think you made that point very clear, and I appreciate that, that the scores that they have accomplished do not make them who they are. Absolutely. So and, what, and that's for all of us. I, yes, I mean, exactly. You know, no that's what I'm saying. Who, Absolutely. Yes. Yep, and, no matter who you are. Yep. And now this one is an encouraging word. You said converting the downs in life to wins. So expound a little bit on that one. Absolutely. I have had so many opportunities to mess up <laughs> in life. <laughs> Um, I mean, good Lord, if I just could write a book for each one of them and they became bestsellers, I would be, you know, I, I would be phenomenal. So I, I figured converting the downs in life to win. And of course, that stays along the line with my, um, you know, with the NFL theme, with, with the marketing scheme for my whole platform. <laughs> but converting downs in life to wins is like. You know, when you're in a, a place setting and, you know, you're trying to convert on first and tenth or second and gold or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to make a touchdown or whatever. Uh -huh. Even if you fail, if you don't convert at that particular time, you have another play and another play and another Good play. Point. As long as you don't give up hope. <laughs> Let me just say that you have as many plays as it takes, as many downs as it takes for you to convert those downs in life to wins. And I've just had situations that in my life that have come quickly where I see the fruits of my labor. And then I've had others where, you know, it, 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 it takes a little longer. And so when I talk to people about converting the downs in life to wins, that's just anything that they're faced with, anything that comes within their life that has knocked them down. But, it's, but it doesn't have to knock you out. You know, get back up and get back in the ring or, or, or stay, hold on to the ropes in the ring until the very last minute, <laughs> you know, so then. Good analogy. Way, yes. 
So then that way, you know, you're still in the game of life. Don't ever let it take you out, you know, because I, I just feel like as long as you have breath in your lungs and you're able to mentally, you know, comprehend and and, and then put that in action with, with some sort of physical ability or, or works or actions, you can win. You can turn you can turn around anything in your life with that type of an attitude, period. You are absolutely correct, period. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take just a very quick 30-second break. And when we come back, I want you to share about your business, in other words, by Stone. I'm really intrigued by that. And also what you can offer the audience today, because I know you have your book is out there and who it might appeal to and what you can offer. So we'll be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. I have been so enjoying listening to you share today. Your excitement, your energy, Everything that you have shared shows someone who has maybe been knocked around a little bit, but you came out winning. You came out winning, and that's what you want to share with the audience. Never to give up, to keep focused on what you want to achieve, and I know that that is a position that you have taken not only by applying you know, some of the football analogies to your life, but also life in general, and I applaud you. So tell us now, first of all, about In Other Words by Stone. What does that mean? In Other Words by Stone is the business I created, and I am a creative content consultant. So I help people with their speeches, with their bios, resumes. I do grant writing, bids, proposals, all things documents. Oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Also, uh, here's a little tidbit. I'm also a ghostwriter. I have uh, successfully helped 10 authors write and wow. publish, their, publish their, their books. And um, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey. Now, how I came about the name of, in other words, by Stone is, Stone is actually my maiden name. So, you know, along the way, I would be like in conversation with people and you know, they will be asking for my suggestions or for my advice or, you know, just asking for my thoughts. And then I would tell them and then they would always say, so in other words, and so that's how I came up with it in 2016 when I started my company, in other words, by Stone, because Stone is my maiden name. So I help, uh, you know, like I do slogans. I've done slogans for politicians, speech writing for politicians, for professors. Uh, I do manuals. You know, again, all things, anything that where you need a little creative flair so that I don't want to say use the word mm, so that it's not so boring because that can sound like I'm bashing. But 
there is, but there is just a there's a a you punch know, punch yeah, right to wording. So if if I can change your wording and make it a little bit more inspiring and a little bit more catchy, then you know that's that's what my company offers to um, you know to different organizations and, and the clients that I have. As I mentioned before, the majority of my clients right now. They are authors. They are aspiring authors. Some are already, you know, they've solidified themselves as as um, best selling authors. And so it's just, you know, giving that extra spin on on, um, you know, on the verbiage. I had no idea. Thank yeah. you. I really that's very impressive. I'm yeah. going to look forward to looking that at your website a little more closer. I'm assuming that that is all there, correct? How people can Absolutely. connect with you and what you offer, etc. Absolutely. 100% is all in full detail. What about your book? So actually, I have three books. The first book that I wrote is a, a compilation of poetry. And I always try to forewarn people and say that it is not a poetry book for the, the faint of heart because the title <laughs> of the, because the title of and it's not fiction. OK, let me just put that out there. The title of the book is Lust, Lessons, Love and Life. So what I did over an eight year period was I chronicled and journaled and detailed every feeling. So everything that I went through mm. and I went through a lot. <laughs> and let me just say this. I published the book in 2016, so you go eight years before that, <laughs> okay? So okay. Now, okay. Uh, now, now a lot of the things that I went through then, of course, you know, for a 49-year-old, um, I'm not facing those problems, <laughs> but I was once then. So I chronicled, um, and then I published that book. The second book, my autobiography, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife, I just wanted to put my story out there as I mentioned early in the, you know, on, on, on your show is to live vicariously through yourself. I really was tired of people just coming up to me and assessing what they thought my life was like. So I just wanted to put it in black and white, put it in, you know, for, so that it will be forever and, and now blessed mm -hmm. by my words, you know? So I wrote that one, published it in 2017 it circulated, got a lot of traction, and then I was asked to be a featured author in the third book that you mentioned, which is Women Who Lead Anthology mm. by phenomenal, phenomenal um, uh, author, uh, entrepreneur. She's a professor as well that saw a little spark in me and asked me to join about 30 other women across the globe to tell their stories. And that's that my chapter in her book is actually from NFL wife to entrepreneur life. Excellent. And they will all be on your page notes so people can tap into them, purchase the books, have a good look. You have shared so much today in so many different areas, actually. But enthusiasm, that, that's your middle name. And I appreciate that. And we, we always need to be uh, encouraged and enthused because who knows where each of us is in our life. That doesn't mean we're going to stay there, but we do need that motivation and that excitement that you bring to the table. So I thank you. Now, is there anything to summarize that you would like to capsulize or to share? I just want to leave your, your amazing listeners with success is a dish served only to the bowl. Mm. So you have to be bold in living your life 
you have to be um, aggressive. You have to be intentional. It has to be on purpose. And what that success looks like, only you can define it. You know, success for some may be starting a business and making this amount of money. Success may be just being a good person, a good human being, a good mother, a great husband, a great wife. Whatever that success looks like for you, just understand that it's only going to be given to you if you are bold. So you have to be, you know, you got to be dedicated and you have to be committed to the life that you want, to the love that you want, to the light that you want to illuminate in this world. So if I had to leave with anything, that would be it. <laughs> be bold. Well, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, girlfriend. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> well, thank you again for being on Never, Ever Give Up Hope. You have inspired us, and I'm excited to see what else you're going to come up with and what other books you might have. Is there anything in the making out there? Yes, absolutely. I am working on a compilation that is going to be titled Sentiments by Stone. And what that's going to be is just all of the like what I just shared with you, success is a dish served only to the bold. All of the inspirational sayings that I have come up with over the last few years, I'm going to put them in a book and then I'm going to expound on them okay. just a little more. Yeah, just a little more. So I'm definitely excited about that. And thank you for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.